the fun police is back. We'll talk about the prettiest, youngest, most vibrant prime minister in the world and why the fun police hate seeing people have fun. We'll talk about the dollar. We'll talk about uranium, big uranium news in the space. We'll talk about lithium. We'll talk about the biggest gold mine event that Mr. Nick Hodge will be putting on here soon. We'll talk about crooked police. We'll talk about the college loan forgiveness program, which is triggering everybody on all sides. As always, a lot to get into. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is Therapy Session, otherwise known as Bizarro World number 183. How are you, Nick? Lots of opinions out there on all sorts of stuff, Gerardo. Is it Trudeau, who's the youngest, sexiest prime minister out there? Sana! <laughs> Sana! <laughs> Let's jump right into it. How are you? Are you holding up all right? I'm good. It's um, <laughs> late late summer. We're enjoying all the fresh produce, lots of tomatoes, lots of berries, lots of peaches, and um, just biding time until uh, the fall comes, biding time until this Jackson Hole event gets <clears throat> Underway, which I think the market is looking forward to and biding time until, you know, conference season, which is coming up as well. Yeah, let's get into the market before we talk about Sana and her pretty friends and, you know, their work-life balance program, which I completely subscribe to, by the way. I think you need a work-life balance. I think you should be allowed to have fun. I think if you're doing a great job running your country, go out there and have a good time. Men get away with far more men in power. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on and provide the context for those that aren't up to date. But look, the market the past couple of days has been basically calling bullshit. Um, Jackson Hole meetings coming up. By the time people watch this, it would have came and went. Um, The talking heads are already out there giving their two cents. Bullard was talking earlier um, you know, screaming to the to the skies and the heavens that they're going to remain aggressive with the rate hikes and the market basically called bullshit. It's rallied for the last couple of days and maybe it's a bear market rally. Maybe it's not. I think we'll know soon, but I'd love to get your take on just how consequential this meeting is and whether or not um, there's a potential for a quick, quick U-turn, a bullish U-turn. I continue to say no. I continue to say bear market rally. Um, we saw options exploration here at the towards the end of August. It was you know last Friday, sort of August nineteenth, and the market had a really rough day. Put in one, one of its worst days since June, since this what I would say is a bear market rally started. Um, it started in June. The market's up, I don't know, 13, 15% since then, but still down over 10% for the year. How consequential is the meeting? I don't know, Gerardo. Um, I'm not a huge Fed watcher, but I would say that the the sub 1% uh, basis point increases they've been doing aren't enough to combat the 7, 8% inflation that we have. And that's going to uh, remain around for several quarters to come. I mean, um, granted, the stock market's not the economy, but all the, the economic indicators I look at, and we've gone over them for weeks on end here, but they continue to come in bad. I mean, whether it's, um, you know, housing starts or construction prices or, um, you know, small business sentiment or the consumer's ability to pay back loans or the amount of new credit accounts that have been opened because people don't have enough cash to cover their bills. Or, I mean, I ran out of breath. I could keep going. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, bye, 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 as, as Kramer would say, bye, 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 and all the bearish news, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, you know, I think the Fed continues to hike. I think they, they sort of have to, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there hoping that they pivot. Um, I hear a lot about a pivot from uh, perma bulls and 
um, you know, the the Bloombergers of the of the of the world. But I, you know, I'm not sure we get a pivot. Certainly not here in August. Yeah, I I, I don't think we get a pivot um, in August. But I do think we're gonna get um, indications that a pivot is coming, right? And I think that's really what the market is 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 front running. We'll see. Again, by the time you all see this and read this. Um, we would have known. And, you know, at the end of the day, does it matter? It may matter for a month or two. It may matter for another meeting or two. At the end of the day, folks, it's not going to matter. Um, they will pivot eventually and it will be a U-turn and there will be trillions more printed for everything imaginable. Um, we're going to keep building roads in the Ukraine that are being destroyed. We're going to keep uh, forgiving, you know, $10,000 in college loans for folks, which, by the way, given, given how much money we counterfeit, and the, the money that we spend elsewhere, I'm, I'm not completely opposed uh, to forgiving some college debt or at the very least, at the very least, making it to where the interest on that on those college loans isn't as predatory for those that are really sincerely looking to get and pay for an education. I guarantee you that most students and, and, and people, especially that come from lower income backgrounds, would love the opportunity to just pay back the loan that they actually took out instead of this $10,000 and, and, and debt forgiveness. But the problem isn't always the amount on the loan. It's really the interest, right? There's a lot of students that go and they borrow $80,000, $100,000, um, and, $200,000. And the interest ends up being three or four times more than the actual amount that they borrowed for school. So um, yeah, it's interesting to me and, and not surprising at all how triggering this has been for the Lift me up by my bootstraps, folks on the right that are perfectly okay with, you know, tax cuts for us, the rich, and perfectly okay with, you know, a, a military defense budget that runs, you know, nearly a trillion dollars annually, perfectly okay with uh, corporations getting tax cuts and stimulus and everything else, just have a huge problem with forgiving some kids debt, right, for college. And so I thought John Stewart had a good point. He said, there should be a draft where every young person has to do one year of something, military, public works, something so that we all feel invested in the same game because that's the part that we've lost. I would love a national civil program that forgives student debt, forgive all of it in exchange for a year or two years of service to the country where a kid from Oklahoma can go and work in a community in Chicago and a kid from Chicago can go and work in a community like St. Louis. That was a Cubs Cardinals joke, but no, just exposing people to different cultures, different communities, people of different backgrounds. I know, you know, a lot of my military friends, when they talk about traveling to Europe in their te and in their teens and in their twenties, it did wonders for the way that they approached the world and whether they're conservative or, or, or lean left, it really informed a lot of their viewpoints and made them more open-minded individuals. And I think it's a shame that you know, for a country like the U.S., which says it's, you know, the best in everything, um, we've completely sacrificed, um, we've disincentivized national service. It's a forgotten cause here in America. It's not surprising to me that there's such a wedge and that everybody is so, you know, tribal in their camps because there is no real dialogue anymore. It's just, you know, you're this, you're that, it's name calling, put it on Twitter, go campaign and that's it, right? Nobody really has meaningful conversations for the most part anymore. So anyway, that's my rant on the college loan forgiveness program. Sorry to go on so soon into the into the episode. Told you it was therapy. 
No, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. I'd like to talk about it more. Gosh, I'll probably forget all the things I was thinking while um, you were going there. But, you know, we it's some fourth turning stuff, right? We've lost our sort of sense of community uh, somewhere along the way, right? Um, it's um, been very individualistic and that's a that's a spectrum, right? It sort of it sort of ebbs and flows and it's going to come back towards that a sense of community and, and requiring services is one great way to do it, you know. Um, my mom, as a career, was a volunteer coordinator for the state. She created programs for at-risk youth, like um, summer camps, hooked on fishing, not on drugs, and all that sort of stuff. And um, you bet your ass, my mom made me volunteer at those programs. You know, I was at Safetyville pushing the kids around in their little cars, and I was at the hooked on fishing, putting worms on the hooks, and all that sort of stuff. And it it definitely um, you know bonds you with the community, gets you to meet more people, and 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 I don't see. Um, a lot of that going on, but I do think that it's going to come back around. And, and sure, John Stewart's idea is a um, good one. Would like to see more of it. I guess like going back to the student loans. I mean, gosh, everybody had an opinion uh, about that uh, once <laughs> once it was announced. You know, um, I'm just going to run through some of them. You know, you've got the, the the sort of like a professor, the head of the Harvard Law School, saying like, "This is a great day for my former students," and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like. Dude, your your students, if they're making under 125 grand, you're, you're doing something wrong. Like this isn't for you, man, right? Uh, if you went to Harvard Law School and that's what you're making, then um, you got some serious issues. He was just trying to uh, trumpet his cause and his side of the debate, I think. But some of the most insightful comments I've seen um, came from a gentleman who runs a Twitter handle called Iowa Hawk Blog. I don't know if you follow that guy or not. Um, it's, uh, it's great. He's, he's primarily into cars, but, uh, he's also into farming and, and other things like that. And he was talking about how, um, so, some of the things you mentioned, how, you know, a lot of this debt is, 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 uh, burdened by, um, or, or held by, you know, low income people and, and affects people that, you know, dropped out of school, you know, went to a community college and, uh, needed remediation or remedial learning because they were behind already, made it a year or a year and a half and then dropped out and they didn't even get the degree and they still have the loan. Or um, he was talking about predata- predatory mm-hmm. um, colleges like barber colleges and, and esthetician uh, schools and stuff like that, that you can get a loan to go to um, uh, where you're never going to you know, make six figures or maybe maybe you make six figures but it, it takes longer right i mean it's a it's a it's a service trade and so and, and you know he was tweeting out the lists of colleges that had the highest default rates on the, on the student loans right and you've got like your harvards and your ivy leagues that are like one percent two percent and then you've got these rural community colleges and these barber schools that are five six seven percent right where these kids just aren't making the money to pay it back and he was you know, he's somewhere in the middle, uh, as as I am on a lot of things. He's saying, sure. you know, it's it's well and good to to pay the, the these these or forgive these loans, right? But why don't we investigate the cause of why so many people are defaulting on them or can't pay them back to begin with, right? Maybe let's course correct that, and so not let these private colleges and these these trade schools, you know. <clears throat> Um, charge the rates that they are and, and, and allow kids to get loans to go to them and, and not allow kids to get uh, financial aid that's, that's greater than the, than, the, than, the, than the school cost. You know, he was citing examples of, and just to make it simple math, you know, schools that cost $5,000 a year, but you could get a $10,000 loan to go to. So, well, why are you taking up twice the amount of money than the school costs, right? Um, and so, I don't know. I don't really have a dog in this fight. I paid off my loans long ago. And I guess I've got a bit of, 
um, jealousy that I didn't get any of, of my loans forgiven. But at the same time, I realized that, you know, I'm fortunate to be in the position I am that I was able to pay them off. Maybe they could give folks like me a, a tax credit or something. We'll see. I think, I think a tax credit's a wonderful idea. I think uh, national civil service is another wonderful idea. Um, <laughs> I, I got to get to Finland's prime minister because I think partying with your beautiful friends is a beautiful idea as well. And so for those of you that are not familiar, Finland's prime minister was uh, caught having fun right earlier this week. Um, she was at a party. She's dancing with her friends. She's having some drinks. She's having a good time. She's doing what a fun person in their mid 30s should be doing when not running a country or not at work, which is balancing the work part of life, work-life balance with, with some with some life, with some partying, with some with some good-natured fun, right? And then apparently that didn't get enough of a severe reaction from the fun police because later in the week they released another video, right? And, and now you know it's like a hit job. She must have pissed somebody off, somebody that wasn't let in on the party or like, you know, somebody's boyfriend that wasn't allowed to go or... It, whatever it was, somebody was offended, right? A girlfriend, somebody that wasn't, you know, uh, brought along. But somebody got a hold of this video and somebody's been leaking it. So the second one was, was, was you know, a little sassier. You got her cute little model friends kissing each other and topless. And again, I should remind people, for those that are like outraged that a, a politician is out there having fun or, or, or hanging out with friends and I should remind people, these are private videos that somebody stole and leaked. It's not as if he's out in public doing this. It's not as if she was out, you know, in the middle of a nightclub. She's at home just having a good time with her friends, hanging out. Yeah, her friends happen to be hot and they happen to be models and, and they happen to like kissing girls. Um, I don't know how I missed this. <laughs> you, you missed this, Nick? Did you? Oh, my God. Well, I'm so glad we're here now. It's been a week for her. Um so look, that, that's my take. My take is just what I said up front. I think male politicians are allowed to get away with so much more. Forget having fun. They're allowed to get away with borderline criminal stuff. And so I, I think and, she's- And some criminal stuff. And some criminal stuff. And so I, I, I think she's getting a lot, of, a lot of flack because she's young, she's beautiful, she's educated, she's accomplished, and she's a woman. And that's, that's the bottom line. That's it. I'll forward you the link, Nick. It's a good link. I, I, I'll get in my obligatory Epstein mention and how we haven't got the list of politicians who are clearly involved with with him, who are um, obviously male. But even, uh, you know, other than that, you saw you saw videos of, um, you know, people back in the day flaunting the or flouting the the covid restrictions. Right. Remember when Nancy Pelosi went to the, the salon to get her hair did and wasn't wearing a mask and everybody else was in lockdown. You know, some of this stuff is. Uh, permissible and admissible, I'd say, or Boris Johnson was out partying or, you know, Ted Cruz flew to, to wherever he flew to. And, yeah, well, Texas we froze our ass off. Exactly right. And so, you know, some of that stuff is called for, but I don't know anything about this woman. And, um, you know, she's running the country and, you know, she's not breaking the, the law and, and, and things are OK for her citizens. But of course, she's allowed to uh, party it up um, like anyone else, I mean, you know, like JFK back in the day, right? In those pool parties. I, I, those were more than pool parties, but I mean, that, 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 that's one way. That's that, 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 that's that's is that what the kids call them nowadays? The pool parties. <laughs> Damn, summer's over. <laughs> no more pool parties here. 
Let's get back to the markets. Um, gold is holding in there pretty well. It's uh, right around the 1755, 1760 level, despite a dollar that flirted with the 110. Uh, the dollar index flirted with the 110 level, pulled back to just above the 108 level as we speak. But any thoughts on gold? I know it's been a boring couple of months. Everybody kind of knows my two cents. I think it'll turn here in September, October after we get a blinking by Mr. Powell. Um, thoughts on your end, Nick? Um, you know, you mentioned that we've got this event coming up. It's uh, America's biggest gold mine is what it's called. And it's happening on September 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. There'll be plenty of ways for you to sign up for it. If you're on any of our lists, resource.digest or daily profit cycle, we'll also have ads up on those websites here in the next couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I've been writing some articles and some ads and things for that. And, you know, while it's almost tough to get excited about gold and silver in U.S. dollar terms, we were talking before. Before we recorded that if you look at it in places where um, you know inflation is much higher than it is now like if you look at it in Polish terms or Argentinian peso terms or Philippine peso terms or you know pick your currency that's been much weaker than the strong dollar and you've got gold literally at all-time highs in, in, in some other currencies and so um, if you look at it on that way it's 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 easier to get excited about gold and then if you look at some of the individual equities that have made discoveries or who are executing that they are being rewarded in the market we might have mentioned I know I was asking you or, or mentioned it to you this um, you know Western Alaska the WAM on the TSX yeah. um, has had phenomenal returns in delivering good results and then one I've been watching lately is you know, a company called Snowline Gold I don't yeah. know if you've seen that I one. have I mean some of those charts are going from below a dollar to three four five dollars on the back of discoveries and so the market is uh, receptive to to quality execution and, and good returns with the drill bit. Even Philo was back out this week yeah. with some results and, and <clears throat> turned itself around from its recent slide. And so, um, gosh, all that to say that, um, and we mentioned this before as well, the, the gold rally sort of comes post the Fed rate cycle and, and post the recession cycle. Like um, if you think back to 2008, when gold hit record highs, well, it was like 2011 and 12. And if you look back to the, the last time the Fed was hiking in, in 2015, you had your gold bull market kick off in 2016. And so I think we see that here, if not in the in the next couple of weeks, certainly in, in, in 2023, as, as this recession comes to an end and as we get through the cycle that we're in, you know, there's a reason I called the website daily profit cycle. I mean, things don't work all the time and, and many things in the market are cyclical. And um, certainly gold has, has held its own, I would say. I mean, it's still, you know, relatively flat for the year, down a percent or two, but um, has been significantly buoyant relative to um, other so-called inflation hedges like cryptocurrencies, for example, and, and and certainly relative to the broader markets, which I already mentioned earlier, we're down more than ten percent. So um, gold has done its job, and and seventeen, you know, whatever it's at, seventeen seventy gold, eighteen hundred dollar gold debt um, is a good price for for the producers, as long as they can, you know, relatively keep their costs down, which has been a problem yeah. for the for the for the miners here recently, but. Um, you know, I see drill programs getting executed and I see results starting to come in. And I've got to think, given how, how slow the summer was and, the, you know, I mentioned the biding time to the uh, conference season. I, I'd have to think that, you know, some gold companies are biding their time to release some results, too. I think that's absolutely the case. I'll tell you one company that, you know, you got I got to give you my Patriot update, right? Our main inflation hedge at this point is Patriot Battery Metals, one company that's not holding back on news is that one. Um, really, really important news this past week. 
The company appointed former Pilbara Managing Director and CEO Ken Brinsden as non-executive chairman. Now, strategically, this is just beautiful work by Blair and the team. This is a gentleman that is a member of the LME Lithium Committee. He also took Pilbara from, you know, a, a, a company that was developing a project, financed it, built it, and then turned it into an $8 billion company. And so for him to come on board is a ringing endorsement for the Corvette property and then and, and more aptly described as the Corvette Lithium District, which I think when it's all said and done, you're going to have four or five big monster lithium deposits in this district. Um, Ken, you know, he referenced the, the potential in the release. He said there's so much to like about the Corvette property with work to date demonstrating both local and regional potential for a large scale project ideally placed within the emerging North American lithium raw material supply chain. It's a long way of saying, look, I'll lend my name to this because I think it's gonna be the biggest lithium story in decades, maybe ever. And I just can't think of a better non-executive chairman. It also doesn't escape me that Pilbara's got, you know, something like over a half a billion dollars in cash just sitting there. Um, Australian-based, has a project that's very, very similar in terms of grade and deposit style or project style, except that this one's going to be much bigger, I think. And, and and so when you start looking at, you know, potential valuations, I I, I, I keep saying it almost every week, you know, I think uh, I think it's 10 bucks here soon. And then I think you know, maybe 15 by the end of the year. And, you know, definitely in the 20s next year. Um, but you know, that would still only get it to a, 20 bucks is a couple of billion dollar market cap. Could go to, you know, I, I was talking, I was talking to Mark who always listens to the podcast and uh, we both, you and I know Mark. Hi, Mark. And he was telling me, I got to tell you, Gerardo, he goes, I participated in that 16 cent financing. And when you first started talking about this thing, maybe going to five bucks and then 10 bucks, and then you started talking about 15, he goes, I must admit, I sat there and I said, what is Gerardo smoking, right? <laughs> He goes, but it's turned out to be my largest personal holding. He goes, and now I absolutely see us 15 bucks as like the floor on this thing. It's just, it's a billion and a half market cap. If they do, you know, that resource update, it's two, 300 million tons. All those comps are 4 billion and up. That's 40 a share. Yeah. I mean, it's been a great run. I don't have a lot to add there. Um, you know, I didn't participate in the 16, but I participated in the 30 and, you know, um, I guess I'll just pound your chest for you. You got to put some sort of numbers on that, right? We read these and write these newsletter promos, you know, uh, where stocks go from 10 cents to $3 to $5 or whatever and how much yeah. they can make. I mean, in, in this case, you literally made readers 3,000% on their money, right? And, um, you know, I see the uh, the six figures racking up in my account from the, from the placement I did. And I know many others, uh, you know, have seven figures or more from, from yeah from Patriot battery metals already. And so um, it certainly has that potential. And then I, I guess I would just, you know, continue down the, the, the lithium topic for a second. You know, we continue to see the announcements, you know, RockTech Lithium was halted this week to yeah. uh, partner up with uh, Mercedes-Benz who says they're gonna, you know, offtake the lithium starting in, I forget what it was, 2026 or 28 mm -hmm. or something. But, you know, the deposit is much smaller. It's 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 under like 30 million tons, for, for example. And granted, they're building a, um, you know, a lithium plant, a purification plant in, in 
in Europe, uh, Estonia, I think it is, but mm-hmm. um, it's not anywhere near the size of, of Patriot battery metals. But and you look at the rest of the space, and I mean things continue to perform well. Like uh, Albemarle hit an all-time high just before yeah. we recorded this podcast today. Um, that's one of the largest lithium producers in the world. Um, Alchem reported results this week, record results, record financial results from um, Alchem, which is another one of the large producers. And, um, you know, last week we were talking about the the floods in China. Uh, There's also significant heat in China. It's been uh, 35 degrees Celsius for days on end, which is like 95 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And they're shutting down factories and their rivers are low, so they don't have the hydropower to run, um, you know, some of the facilities. And as a result, you know, lithium's at all-time high prices. It's, you know, very close to to $70,000 a ton. And so... Take that, Goldman Sachs. All, all the things are lining up and, and not to kick a dead horse, but now you've got these new incentives in the, the U.S. You've got the EV tax credits coming and um, there's going to be a scramble for, for lithium, a continued scramble, uh, as we say. So um, if you can get a, a stake in, in what you're calling one of the, the largest uh, new lithium discoveries in the world, perhaps the largest, then, then that's a pretty good place to be. Um, and and I, I guess to, just to keep piling on, it's also the place where the stocks can run the most. You know, if you look at the mm-hmm. Lassonde curve, right, before there's metrics tied to it, sort of like a newfound goal, right? But in lithium, like how big is it? Like what's the next result going to be? It's, it actually does remind me of newfound gold when they were actually putting out results. It, it's, yeah, it's, 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 look, it's, it's by far, you know, the most consequential one of my career, if it goes and does the $20, $30 thing that I think it's going to do just because of the position, right? But I, I, I thought it was really interesting that Mr. Brinsden decided to take a million stock options at $7 and another million at $9.20, meaning, you know, those options are worth nothing if the stock doesn't go to 7 and then to 920 And the fact that he, you know, seemingly... um Oh, and then those vest immediately, by the way, with a four year term. So this isn't like he's hoping that it hits ten dollars in, 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 you know, four years. He's, he's pretty confident that's going to happen in relatively short order. But the other brilliant part of the way that this is structured is that brings in pretty significant cash to Patriots Treasury. That's 17, 18 million dollars Canadian that would come into the Treasury just from Mr. Brinsden exercising those options. So a lot to like there. Still a lot of runway. I still get subscribers that write in and, you know, ask whether they've missed the boat. And and, and sure, you missed the first 4,000% if you bought, you know, when we bought initially. But I still think there's at least another, you know, five, six, seven hundred percent um, potential in, in the next couple of years. And I don't think it makes it out of 2023. I think, you know, by the end of 2023, a Pilbara or, 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 or a peer is going to buy it out because it's not going to take that long to prove up what's there. And if they make another, you know, monster discovery somewhere else, you know, eight kilometers away, then those numbers start getting insane, insane. So no, good times there. Absolutely good times there. and A lot to come. Well, that'll pay some tuitions that we don't have to take out loans for for our kids. Good God. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. I got, I got one in going back to school a sophomore year. And then we have one that just started high school, as I mentioned last week. So, you know, fortunate and blessed to have some amazing kids, man. It's easy to parent these three boys. They're, they're, they're amazing uh, young men. But yeah, college isn't cheap to everybody. So. I mean, private private school's not cheap either. I've got pre, two pre-K and a, and a first grade, and I got the tuition bill. And I was like, holy shit. 
Yeah, I think you got it worse than I do, actually, Nick, if we're being honest, because, yeah, private school is not cheap at all. Um, what else should we talk about? You know, I, I think we have to bring up Nevada Sunrise Gold, which I want to change its name to Nevada Sunrise Energy Metals, but that hasn't happened yet. But look, that's finally starting to run. It's flirting with 30 cents. Um, as, as, as we record, it's 52 week highest, 36 cents. It's cashed up for a 10 hole program that should start in the first week of September. I know all of us as shareholders are excited, but for those of you that think you missed the boat on Patriot, when Patriot was very speculative and we weren't sure what was there or, or, or just how big this could be. I would say, you know, Nevada sunrise and I, I put my money where my mouth is. I wrote a check at 20 cents here recently, right? Um, I would say Nevada Sunrise presents a phenomenal speculation. It's higher risk because we don't know what's there yet. There's We're two holes into it. Very high grades for, for being in Nevada and the potential for a brine, which is the ultimate prize there. But this has the potential to go from, you know, a $20, $25 million market cap to a $100 million market cap very, very quickly in short order. So, you know, that would take it to just above a buck. And if you find a brine in Nevada... Um, you know, the comps are majors. There are no junior comps that have, you know, a significant resource. I know that um, there's a, a, a company. I just mentioned has, Albemarle at all time highs. I'm yeah. The Brian operator in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're the big, they're, they're, they're the big major there, right? That's the big analog. And so um, don't know if there's a brine there. We know the lithium and water came from somewhere. We know they have eight to nine square kilometers of, uh, of, of land stake. And we know the drills are going to start turning and they're spacing those holes out. You know, pretty pretty wide. They're like kilometer wide step out. So I like all that. It's not a company that's just drilling hundred meter step outs. They're getting out there and they're trying to prove up some scale. So Nevada Sunrise Gold, that's your free B of the week, everybody. I was gonna be you for a second and give you a wide hole joke, but I'll wait. <laughs> um you wanna talk about peak Instagram culture? You know, I do, if you don't mind. Uh, let, let, let's go get into it. I was going to get into Crooked Cops. I'm going to leave that till next week. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. You know, I, I, Patriot's doing well. Nevada Sunrise is doing well. The kids are getting back to school. Um, you know, most everything's going really well. And I'm excited about September, October, November, and December and conference season. So we'll talk about Crooked Cops next week. We'll give them a break for the week. I'm sure they'll phenomenally fuck something up in the next seven days that we'll have to add on to this list and we can, you know, pile on next week. But let's talk about peak Instagram culture. It's not hard to find something on the on the police front. Um, you know, um, I guess a couple of things, you know, we have social media accounts, right? And um, everyone does now, right? From Instagram to, to TikTok. And I just see increasing amounts of sharks being jumped over. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, everyone has the same marketing tactics for every industry, right? Like every chef, every restaurateur, every uh, small business owner, every real estate agent, every self-help guru, every uh, sales guru is, you know, pointing to word bubbles on the screen and the word bubbles are popping up and they're lip syncing to whatever they're lip syncing to. And the audio is from, you know, some famous movie or something like everybody's doing the same exact thing. And when everybody's doing the same exact thing, that's nobody's doing anything right and so i just see it repeatedly whether it's for marriage counseling or you know for whatever these accounts are and everybody's got an account at least one perhaps two what i'm seeing now is 
you know, moms are creating their, their secondary account. Like they have their account, like for the family and then they're creating like their, you know, look at me, mommy account, right? Like in their, in their, in, in their yoga pants, like doing their dances in their kitchen or whatever, um, you know, show, showing off their stainless steel assets, um, whether that's their personal assets or their uh, appliances. But um, I just think it's, it's, it's at a peak for the, 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 the benefit that any user can get from that, right? Because when I open up my phone and I scroll through that, I'm not um, gaining anything. There's nothing in, insightful and nothing that's that's hugely um, useful. You know, I might learn some new stretches to, 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 to loosen my back, but it's still a chiropractor pointing at some, you know, anyway, word bubble. And so, um, you know, all that to say that, you know, it's not, you know, hugely real information. Like uh, if I were wanting to go on there, you know, I'm not going to submit myself to, to lip syncing anything about the financial markets or pointing to word bubbles to entice you to sign up for my uh, newsletter. Right. I think not that it's beneath me, but, you know, I, I, I it's beneath me. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's um, beneath me. Fuck that shit. <laughs> it's beneath Sorry. the users as well. Like that's that's not who I want to attract, right? Like <clears throat> you know, I see some of these things are about you know how to save twenty dollars anyway, how to save like you know a minimal amount of money a week. Like that's not where I'm at. That's not who I want to be catering to. And so. Um, anyway, like you say, this is therapy session, so I'm just getting some stuff off my chest. But I don't know if did you have you seen the Balenciaga trash bag purses? Have you seen that story no. in the past week? No. Oh, good. I, I know so, people are mad about yeah, Kanye West for selling Balenciaga clothes in a trash bag. I don't know if it's related, but I'll get one on you then, since I didn't know about the, the prime the, the prime minister. So Balenciaga's got this like I don't know thirteen fifteen hundred dollar purse they're selling, but it looks like a trash bag, like a hefty trash bag. <laughs> It's like a white, it's a white bag with like the orange like thing around the top. And do you know why? And there's, and there's also one that looks like a pigeon. Um, So you can like pair the pigeon with the trash and it's like a pigeon hand clutch. Um, And that thing's like, that thing's like 700 bucks or something. So, you know, I get, you know, quality stuff like coach and product quality leather goods that are going to last a good time. And, you know, I get luxury goods, Tiffany and all that. But the reason that these uh, $1,500 trash bag purses are selling or why? Because they get the most attention on social media, right? So if you can post yourself with a picture of your trash bag purse, (laughs) it's more recognizable because it looks like a trash bag than some, you know, coach bag that costs the same amount that's actually, a, you know, a nice leather quality bag, right? Absolutely. But it's, it's not as noticeable in an Instagram picture or something. And so anyway, I think that, like I said, jumping the shark there with the, the trash bags and, and the Instagram culture. And um, I'm content just to provide quality content like this podcast instead of, you know, getting on the TikTok and pointing at the word bubbles. Yeah, I- I'm not doing a dance for you all and singing a fucking song for you guys so I can have 200,000 followers or subscribers. Frankly, I don't care enough. Um, you know, it's a, I-, I-, I think a large and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Nick, but part of the reason why we co-own Digest Publishing and ventured out on our own and, and why we co-own Resource Stock Digest is we love the freedom and the independence that comes with ownership, right? And we're fortunate enough to be able to build, you know, two companies that, that that are doing well and are trending in just one direction. We're fortunate in that sense. We've worked our ass off for that. But the freedom is is is, is why we took that approach, right? And so I'm not going to start 
compromising, you know, who I am and, and, and feeling like I got to go take a shower at the end of my TikTok dance and pointing at the bubbles and, you know, <laughs> Patriots starting here, when are there? Ooh, like, oh, disgusting, just not going to happen, right? I'll tell you a story. I'll, I'll tell you a story that I've shared privately, I think, with you about my kid brother. So my kid brother, who's 31, by the way, he's not a kid, but I'm 43. He's my kid brother. He's a reporter for the Washington Post, and he uh, his first national assignment, he was a national political correspondent for the New York Times back in um, 2016 uh, when Mr. Donald Trump started campaigning um, in the primaries. And his very first assignment was to follow Donald Trump on the campaign trail, right? And one, he, he wrote a piece on Mr. Trump, and, and the piece was titled something along the lines of, Trump, even if he loses, Trump may have already won. And the premise of the article was because this was the primaries and, and, and it still was a long shot that Donald Trump was going to even make it out of the primary, let alone become president. Right. But the, the, the premise was that because of the exposure and the attention and the branding, the wonderful job that Mr. Trump had done branding himself during these primaries, that he had already won. Either way, it was a win win on the entertainment side of it. He was going to come out of there you know, super clean and flush with cash. And, and, and that was kind of the premise of the piece. So my brother's driving one day and um, he gets a phone call and, you know, he picks up the phone and he's like, Jose, is this, is, is, is this Jose? And my brother's like, yes, who's this? He goes, Jose, this is the Don. This is Donald Trump, Jose. How are you? And my brother's like, holy fuck, Donald Trump is calling me, right? And, and, and Donald Trump proceeds to tell him, you know, what a brilliant job the piece was and how great he, uh, he, 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 how much he enjoyed the writing and how great the writing was. And halfway through the conversation, he said, Donald Trump got really paternal and, and, and said, Jose, wait a minute, Jose, are, are you, are, are you driving right now, Jose? And my brother goes, yes, Mr. Trump, I'm, I'm, I'm driving. And he goes, Jose, Jose, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. Be safe, Jose. I'll call you back. We'll talk another time. <laughs> and he hung up and he took off. And my brother said he didn't know how to feel about a politician like Donald Trump being paternal to him as he's driving down the road. He goes, it wasn't a good thing or a bad thing. It just made me feel a certain way. That's how I would feel if I was doing fucking dances and singing songs for you all. So you could subscribe to my business, social media, the handles and channels. It's never going to happen, folks. If we can help make you a little money, give you some advice, give you some guidance, or at the very least share what we're doing and some of our wins and some of our losses, um, then great. If you can benefit from that, that's awesome. If not, go have fun. Go have a pool party. Have a good time. <laughs> Live your life. Ignore us. <laughs> I forgot one of the things I wanted to say, and we've actually talked about this before, how there's been studies about how, you know, logging on Instagram makes young girls feel bad about themselves and how they eventually get, you know, uh, depressed for, for you know, that and ads for, you know, weight loss things yep. that, that, that drive eating disorders and all sorts of stuff because it's um, not real. And so I, I forgot the, the one important part, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it this week is there's a new social media service called Be Real. Um, which is sort of like a backlash to this fake Instagram culture where the premise of the, the service, I haven't looked, uh, I haven't like signed up for it or anything, but I read an article is to post, you know, two um, pictures a day, one from the front of your camera and one from the back of your camera, like candidates about it, something you're actually like doing during the day. Um, and it's, it's growing quickly, so quickly that Instagram is, you know, ripping it off basically and has started their own internal tests for a same kind of service. Right. And that, um, actually sort of comes back to, um, you know, we were talking about uh, lack of community and, 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 and wanting to 
Um, you know, John Stewart tweeting about having to do, you know, service. You know, I, I would relate the two. Uh, you know, this the social media culture for the past, I don't know, 10, 10 or so years has been increasingly toward the individual. And, you know, look how great I am. Look how good my life is, even when you might not be that great and your, your life might not be that great. It's uh, it's the window you want to present. Well, and now you're seeing these new social media services uh, pop up that are um, intended to to be real, as it were, as, as opposed to to being fake, and I think that um, is part of the cultural turning that that we're undergoing. Couldn't agree more. There's a great documentary on Netflix. I wish I remembered the name that got really in depth about how detrimental social media is, especially to young users, and it went into you know the science behind it and then explained why very well. I'll, I'll try to find the, the the documentary and maybe try to post a link here with this episode. But you know what? I know we're 40 minutes in. Can't 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 leave without talking about you know the the, the big big uranium news. We had talked about Germany doing an about face last week and you know pivoting back towards nuclear because it doesn't have a choice, right? And now we find out that Japan plans on building seven or, or restarting up to 17 reactors by summer of 2023 and, and and plans on building new, what they're calling next generation nuclear plants. That is a humongous deal in the uranium space. We had talked about the fundamentals last week, how bullish they were. We talked about lithium and uranium and how a lot of the people that are upset that their portfolios are down this year, they're, what they're really upset about is that they're heavily weighted towards gold and silver and maybe some base metals, right? And so I think, look, I think the, the the uranium space, like the lithium space, has a lot of legs. I think there's some quality names out there that are going to be triples and quadruples here in the next six to 12 months. And um, I mean, that's as bullish a news as we could get for a sector that already had very bullish underlying fundamentals. Your thoughts on that, Nick? I mean, the shoes keep dropping in not a bad way for the uranium space. I mean, you said it, you've got the country that... Um, basically um, was responsible for um, this prolonged bear market in uranium ever since the Fukushima event, not that them as a country were responsible, but that's where it happened. Um, and then, then shutting down the their reactors was a cue to the rest of the world that, um, you know, maybe we should take a pause from, from nuclear energy. Maybe we should reevaluate the safety of these plants. In the case of Germany, they uh, expedited the shutting down of, of their plants. And, you know, for a while, when you uh, talked to uranium investors or went to conferences where people were talking about uranium stocks, that was always one of the biggest catalysts, right? I remember five, six, seven years ago when we were counting how many reactors in Japan were coming back online. And it's like, oh, the next reactor is going to kick off the next bull market. Like the next reactor they restart is going to be the new bull market. But that hasn't been the case. Well, here we're all the way to the to the end of that now. And, you know, I would argue that the bull market in, in uranium has started. And, and this is just a continuation of that. You know, uh, long-term uranium bulls have said that there's no way the world can meet its climate change goals without firing up these reactors. Um, that continues to be the case and not just their climate change goals, but now just their straight up electricity, the meeting their electricity demand, right? Like without being able to um, import natural gas or, you know, whatever it is, we see that they have to turn back to, to nuclear in a big way. And it's it's being embraced. And um, as you said, in that McCain News article that was out this week, are, are turning to the next generation of um reactors so what was the last thing i was going to say there oh last week we were talking about 
the the nuclear reactor in uh, the Ukraine and yeah. how um, there may or may not be an incident and how the, the media was running with that story, like fresh nuclear fears. There's going to be a, a calamity, a catastrophe. You know, they just got out their thesaurus to look up other things that they could say for catastrophe, basically. <laughs> kept running with the headlines because it drives the clicks. Well, you know, I sort of made the point last week, but it's worthy of, of making uh, again. And, you know, for me, it underscores how safe nuclear energy is. I mean, this is a nuclear plant that was being shelled for Christ's sakes. And there hasn't been an incident. And so if you could shell a nuclear plant amid a war, I mean, I think it speaks to the to the safety. I, I you know, you know, hopefully I don't think, you know, people are going to go around shelling nuclear plants in, in Japan and the United States and and Europe, you know, not unless there's an all out war. And so um, the fact that that nuclear plant has withstood what it's withstood over the past couple of weeks and months to me just shows you how safe it is. Um and and yeah, it's clearly not over yet. You got Japan turning back to it. So nuclear bull for sure. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, I want to leave with this note. While everybody's outraged about the young, educated, hardworking, very beautiful Finnish prime minister, the Belgian prime minister is warning that the next five to 10 winters, as in years, everyone, will be difficult because they didn't plan appropriately to prevent a full-blown crisis. Y'all got to start prioritizing what you get upset about. People should be furious with the governments in this part of the world that have not prepared adequately to prevent their citizenry from boiling in the summer and freezing in the winter. There's where your outrage should be. Not because the young lady's got some pretty model friends that like to show their tits every now and then and kiss each other at a private party. Y'all should get a life and find something better to do with your time, everybody. That's that's all I got. That's my rant for the week, Nick. Anything else you want to get off your chest? I need to find some new friends. <laughs> Pool party in my house. <laughs> I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode number 183 of our therapy session that we call Bizarro World. Nick, leave us with some wise words. A silver Symposium here in Spokane, August 30th and 31st. Uh, if you can be there, great. If not, check out the videos of it. We'll be sure to post them and uh, hope you have a good start to, of school and end of summer. Be safe, y'all. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.